delighted this morning that we're able to shine the spotlight on kids operating rooms, kids OR. And we're meeting today with David Cunningham to hear of an update on all that's going on. Good morning, David. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me here. Well, you are one of our directed giving projects of the American Scottish Foundation, and we're incredibly proud to be working with you because in five years you have achieved more than most people can achieve in decades. And there was a pandemic on. And so, although it's been a year of transition for charities and businesses, KidsOR has not stopped. Could you give us an update on the operating rooms around the world? Well, thank you so much and uh, delighted to do that. Um, we have uh, been busy, that is very true. Um, and uh, that means that uh, essentially we've been building new operating theatres for children to access care and training more. Uh, local doctors to become surgeons uh, or anaesthetists or technicians to support that process. We currently have open or on their way to be opened um, 72 operating rooms uh, in 27 different countries. And in terms of scale, so that means we are uh, getting very close to being as big as the National Health Service, the NHS, in terms of the number of children who access safe surgery. And we'll probably cross that milestone in the spring where we will actually be giving more children the surgical care they need uh, than is given in the UK. Now, quantity is one thing, but we are absolutely um, crazy about quality. Um, I think that's much more important. And so we're constantly auditing that impact. Um, we've just done a study of the last 10,000 operations and the, the quality markers around um, surgical site infections and readmission for, for further treatment and things, uh, all are uh, comparable again with the NHS in the UK. So we're seeing a really high quality of care delivered by local doctors, local surgeons in countries where previously that was thought to be an extremely difficult, if not impossible thing to do. So we're very excited. Uh, I think that that's gonna be a big landmark, but within that, We've got um, some other uh, firsts, uh, like the, our first ever project in Afghanistan, where um, we were asked to support the development of a children's surgical service uh, in Kabul. And I think that's been a really interesting process for us because um, you have to decide, actually, are we a, a politically motivated organization? in which case um, it would be very difficult to work there, or are we a purely a humanitarian organization that sees the child who needs that care um, and will, will do what it takes to, to provide that. And ultimately that is, is where we are. So um, we're very proud of that project simply because it will bring much needed care to children um, who desperately do need it. And you are returning to Afghanistan because you were there during the uh, the the prior years to the pullout. Uh, yes, uh, that was more supporting um, some of our uh, partner surgeons uh, and particularly one Afghan surgeon. Um, and uh, with her, we have been developing this program to to redevelop um, the uh, to start developing now uh, better children's surgical care. So this is our first installation of equipment. Um, and uh, although we have been doing bits and bobs with Afghans for some while, yeah. 
so when you you've been working in several um areas where there is conflict um you and you've gone into a refugee camp now or about to you have afghanistan are you working also in ukraine um that's a great that's a great question and um it is a difficult balancing act for us because when you're developing surgical infrastructure it's an expensive thing to do and um, to put that into a hospital that is at risk of bombing would be um, really quite irresponsible ultimately you would also be attracting more and more children to that area to get care so we have to be careful about uh, how and when we um, make these investments so in Ethiopia, we are now reinvesting because the uh, conflict, the internal conflict there has um, quietened down significantly. Um, we have invested in refugee camps, which typically are on the boundaries of conflict zones. Uh, and in uh, the Kakuma camp in Kenya, we opened the world's first ever operating theater for children in a refugee setting. Um, and that, uh, that's been a huge success. In Ukraine, um, we are in discussions um, with various bodies about uh, what, how we might be able to uh, support Ukraine, um, but it was much more likely to be investments post-conflict, um, so it's a rebuild rather than um, investing in the front line. That's incredible. Um, but your work is also recognised not only by the uh, it's by the British government, but also the Scottish government, who you did a huge amount of work with during the pandemic and and i'm sure post um can you elaborate on that because i was staggered when i was reading about those figures um yeah well thank you and the the scottish government have a, a fantastic approach to international development it's very focused they know what they want to to try and do and because of that um they achieve uh, great success and, and impact and so we're very proud to work with them uh, developing care for children, particularly in Malawi, Zambia and Rwanda. However, during the pandemic, uh, we also supported with their um, COVID response to uh, those partner nations. And we were providing um, with NHS uh, Scotland and the Scottish government um, uh, millions of items of PPE. In fact, about 23 million uh, items of high quality PPE we delivered uh, and we were providing the entire PPE required for the entire health workforces of those countries um, for a very considerable time during the, uh, the pandemic. And so whilst our primary function is around getting care to the child, um, we also have a big role in training uh, doctors and uh, over the last couple of years in providing those doctors, nurses, um, in fact, everybody who worked in the health service of those countries with the PPE needed to, to survive through the pandemic. And though we hope that the pandemic is subsiding, there seems still to be um, quite an aggressive situation going on in different parts of the world. Do you, how do you see that and what you're facing with Kids OR? Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I, I don't think we can assume it's over around the world and we have to be uh, respectful and careful um, when we're operating in these places. And so, I mean, most of our, our model has always been about using local people. So training local engineers, working with local people. So throughout the pandemic, it didn't hugely interfere with our work because we weren't flying people 
um, into Africa, for example, to do these jobs. That will continue. And so as COVID uh, spikes in some places and then dissipates um, where we're using local teams, it shouldn't massively interfere. Um, inevitably, there are, um, although less so now, but there have been real supply chain challenges um, for anybody buying healthcare equipment because suddenly everybody wanted healthcare equipment. Um, and so um, that's been a, an interesting time for us. And we've had some fun challenges recently, like you may have seen the, the Suez Canal was blocked by um, that huge tanker. Um, and, and we had several, <laughs> I don't know, but when it was blocked that first time, we had several uh, containers on several ships all queuing to, to get through. So, and there's always different things happening. Um, there was a, a volcano erupted um, in uh, the Democratic Republic of the Congo not so long ago. And we had a team very nearby. And so they had to, to move out. But um, there are always challenges. COVID is, is just another one. But I think our model has proven to be robust to that because we use local people and we're not sending in um, teams from the UK. So there are many opportunities for people to get involved. Um, and we, uh, as the American Scottish Foundation, have the directed giving that can be done by people. And it offers some opportunities from a warming blanket right the way through. And we just recently started talking to you about the fact that they also could be supporting your doctor's program, your training program as well, which is so vital to what's going on. And you are, so can you talk a little bit about how this or how this works and how important it is? Because though you started very much self-funded, you're now rolling out and offering the opportunities to many. Yes, and um, asking uh, for help too. I think the numbers are huge because you're talking about maybe 40,000 children a year and it's difficult to sometimes quantify that. But I was in um, Tanzania recently uh, with a, um, a family of a little girl who um, needed an operation. And the trouble is this little, little girl, she just wanted to go to school and she couldn't. Um, and there wasn't a, a drug or a therapy uh, or anything that was going to, a vaccine that was going to prevent uh, or allow her to go to school. She, she had to have an operation. And, um, and that operation was because she was incontinent. And so... Uh, her mother had brought her to our operating room um, and travelled about 300 kilometres to get there. Um, she was operated on. The operation took about uh, an hour. And when she came out of the operating room, and this little girl had always asked, oh, when am I going to school? When am I going to school? And she said to her mum, can I now go to school? And the mum cried and everybody cried and because the mum said, yes, actually, um, you can now go to school. And I think that it is these individual children and it's the fact that, it, yes, it, we gave her an operation, but what we actually gave her was the opportunity to get an education, uh, hope uh, and, and ultimately opportunity in life. And we now know that each one of those operations costs us about $100. And so we're able to say that on average, an operation will cost $100. And sometimes if somebody could simply say, well, I'll pay for one of those operations, that is just the most incredible uh, thing. And then others, um, and we will, um, I guess, have to be, be brash and say to those that can afford to pay for two or three or more, we would, we would desperately welcome that help because it is uh, life-changing for these children. And, and then for work, those- And you also work very closely with the UN and other 
large world organizations and are always looking to solve the problems you have. Well, we do. And we, um, we're very fortunate to have uh, excellent relationships with organizations like the, the Global Surgery Foundation that came out of the, the UN and then with um, people like SmileTrain who um, are based in New York uh, and who do incredible work and, and who we're very proud to provide a lot of the infrastructure that their teams use. So um, yeah, there are many, uh, yeah, we're, we're blessed with, with many, many great uh, friends and partners um, around the world in this bid to simply give these children the care they need. And in this year ahead, so we're at 72 hospitals approaching nearly there. What is the goals in um, 2023? Well, simply it's to, to give every single child we possibly can the care that they need to fight uh, for every single one of them. Um, in numbers, what does that mean? We probably looking to try and open, um, we think another 30 operating rooms in 2023, um, that is our, our current target. That would be taking our um, annual capacity um, well beyond 50,000 um, children a year uh, into that kind of, of territory. Um, and e each one of them um, has their own story, their own uh, hopes, fears, uh, and um, yeah, every one of them we want to just give a chance in life. A huge milestone and a huge um, accolade to Scottish medicine, innovation, charities. I, I'm so proud that we can be with you um, and helping you in some small way on this wonderful journey. And of course, we hope that people will think maybe to make a donation at this time of year um, in support of a child. Well, and on behalf of those children, please, can I just say thank you, um, because we're hugely grateful for this chance to chat about it and That's to anybody who donates. So thank you very much, David. We're going to catch up with you again very soon and warm wishes for the holidays ahead. Thank you for joining us today as we turn the spotlight onto kids' operating rooms. With over 80 of children's operating rooms now open throughout the world, from the far-flung corners of a refugee camp to Afghanistan, to South America, to Africa. We are so grateful for all your support. And we encourage you at this moment, at this as we come together to celebrate Christmas and the holidays, that you think of kids' operating rooms for a special donation. And so we also direct you to our website, theamericanscottishfoundation.org where you will find other ways of supporting the American Scottish Foundation and our general work of helping share our love of Scotland. And so until next time, thank you for joining us. Mm -hmm.